Before we begin today's podcast, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording on stolen and unceded Gadigal land. It's really important to acknowledge that the way banks use our money can shape the world we live in. Welcome back to That's Hot, the podcast helping you get even hotter than you already are by giving you all the information you need to help the world get cooler. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Tegan. A question we get a lot here at Project Planet is, what is the most impactful thing I can do for the climate? We are helping you answer that question today by chatting with Bank Australia's Manager of Climate Action Strategy, Georgia Windrum. Very exciting. Let's get straight into it. Let's get into it. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's so hot. Hello, Georgia. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself for us? Yeah, of course. Uh, My name is Georgia Windrum. I am the Climate Action Strategy Manager at Bank Australia. Awesome. So getting into everything, when we think about the climate crisis, we usually think about impact in terms of the emissions from our cars or from our food waste, but we're not necessarily thinking about the links between finances and the climate crisis. I would love if you could explain for us what the impact of the the banking industry is and I guess the concept of clean money. Yeah, absolutely. So at Bank Australia, we talk about building a clean money movement that really inspires and empowers people to use their money to create a better future. So it's really important to acknowledge that the way banks use our money can shape the world we live in. So the money that you put in your bank account is then used by the bank to make loans and investments and the industries your bank chooses to lend to can have a really huge impact on what our world looks like. So your money could be being invested in ways that do good or in industries that cause enormous harm like the fossil fuel industry. So I think the really good news is how your money is spent is your choice. You can reject having your money used to invest in new coal mines or funding gas exploration and instead choose for your money to be supporting things like the clean energy transition, the protection of nature, as well as you know, community-led projects and social enterprises. Thank you so much. So I guess you've kind of touched on that, but what is it that actually makes a bank like an ethical bank? It's a really good question. I think that an ethical bank is one that genuinely acts in the best interests of people and planet, as well as making ambitious ethical commitments that it can be held to account for delivering. So there are a few ways that Bank Australia works to do this, including through our responsible banking policy, which is available to read on our website if anyone's interested. Um, and what that policy reflects is what is important to our customers and we continue to evolve it through customer consultations and keeping our eye on best practice around the world. So the policy includes choosing to invest in things like green and sustainable investments, not-for-profits, um, the clean energy transition, and it means that we don't invest in fossil fuels, live animal export, the arms, gambling or tobacco industries. Uh, we're also a customer-owned bank, which is sometimes referred to as a mutual bank, and that means we're owned by an answer to our customers, not to shareholders. So every customer has one equal share, which means they have voting rights at our annual general meeting and a voice on the issues that we take action on. And I think really importantly, it means that the profits that we make are returned back to our customers and communities. um, And that looks like better rates and fees or grants for community organizations, um, as well as protecting our 2000 hectare nature conservation reserve. So I think um, the really, you know, the point there around the, the ethical commitment is that our profit 
our profits are not used to pay executive bonuses or to be lining shareholders' pockets. I think another aspect of being being an ethical bank is um, being part of business communities and alliances that are also ethically aligned. So we're a certified B Corp and B Corp businesses need to meet quite high standards of uh, social and environmental performance and public transparency. Um, we're also the first Australian bank to join the Global Alliance for Banking on Values which means we're part of a group of banks globally who have genuine ethical commitments to support social and environmental change. That's awesome. Bank Australia is doing some really cool stuff. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to chat to you about it today. And also the, the customer-owned banking, I, that's not a concept that I've heard about before. Is that quite unique to the Australian market? Uh, no, there are... Um, you know, mutual and cooperative banks around the world. Mm. And I think those values and, and principles of mutuality are, are really interesting and something I think that young people um, can really learn a lot more about. I feel like those models of, of business are not often the ones that we're necessarily taught about, um, mm. but just that, you know, fundamental business structure where it's responsible to its members really means that at the end of the day, it's what the members identify as the most important things to act on. And in Bank Australia's case, that's that's largely climate action. Yeah, I feel like that's such an important one. We talk a lot, we've talked about in a lot of contexts, right, about, you know, incentives creating sort of externalities and actions that you might not anticipate mm. or that, yeah, aren't aligned with action. So I think, you know, you obviously explained it so well, but I, that's obviously such such an important part, I think, of trying to make things ethical is thinking about, okay, well, if it's ethical, but, you know, your CEO is still being paid a massive bonus based on, you know, shareholder returns, then all of a sudden that creates incentives to do things that might rub up against some of those other sort of ethical goals. Yeah, that's exactly right. You touched on it briefly about Bank Australia working to make a positive impact impact on people and the planet. Um, and you mentioned the B Corp stuff, which is incredible. B Corp is, is an incre- incredible movement. Am I right in saying that Bank Australia is also the first bank in Australia to set a science-based targets initiative approach? Yes, that is right. So, Are you able to explain that a little bit more? I can. I can explain that in the context of our broader climate action strategy. So Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, you know, we we listen to our customers in determining what we take action on. And my job at the bank is managing our climate action strategy, which we launched um, about a year ago at the start of 2022. So that strategy commits us to achieving net net zero emissions by 2035, which is the most ambitious of any Australian bank and puts us amongst a small group of very ambitious peers in the banking sector globally. Um, You know, the reason why we set the net zero 2035 target is we just, we know that net zero by 2050 is too late and our customers want us to take that decisive action now. The majority of Bank Australia's business is in residential mortgages. So to meet that 2035 target, we have a really big task ahead of us in helping our customers to get off gas and electrify their homes. And we're piloting a, an approach to doing that this year. Um, that's building off a product that uh, we launched a little while ago called the Clean Energy Home Loan. So that rewards customers with an interest rate discount when they buy or build a new green home or when they make green upgrades to their existing home. You might have also seen that we've announced that we'll be stopping funding for new fossil fuel vehicles from 2025. 
That's because we want to see a rapid uptake of electric vehicles um, and we're also working with others to advocate for more active and public transport. Um, on the science-based uh, targets, uh, yes, we um, became the first Australian bank this year to set a validated 2030 uh, science-based emissions reduction target. So that's in line with a 1.5 degree scenario. Um, and I think it just sort of speaks to how Bank Australia is continually trying to kind of lift the bar for climate action in the banking sector more broadly. And um, having that interim target for 2030 means that we're kind of clear on, on on what we need to do to get to net zero by 2035. So there's a lot of uh, work ahead of us and um, we're trying to move pretty quickly, but it's exciting. I think having those um, public targets and commitments means that, you know, we're holding ourselves to account to, to delivering on those. I just wanted to jump back quickly to the where you were talking about net zero, mm -hmm. where I guess like the concept of net zero gets thrown around a lot. And I think a lot of us don't always think about exactly what on the ground that means in terms of the accounting of that. You mentioned about you know, for customers for whom, you know, you're providing mortgages that their homes need to be sort of electric. Where does, like, what counts as sort of emissions under your control? Like, what are you trying to make net zero? And I guess, yeah, where does that start and end? Because as soon as you go into, you know, someone's house and home, like, <laughs> there's obviously a limit to what you as the bank are influencing. But how do you, how does that get defined? Yes, really good question, Lizzie. So, <laughs> we report our scope one, two, and three emissions. Yep. So, our net zero 2035 target covers our operational and portfolio emissions. Our operational emissions are very small. So, those are the emissions from, you know, running our business, from our premises, from our staff, um, travel, and so forth. They're about 2% of our total emissions, so quite um, quite small, and we're climate active certified in, in managing those. Um, our scope two emissions come from our um, electricity, and we are run on 100% renewable uh, electricity. And then for scope three, which is, I think, um, you know, to the point of your question, Lizzie, we, uh, so those are our indirect emissions. And for all of the home loans we fund, um, the emissions from energy and other sources in those homes fall into our scope three emissions. So yeah. we have a really big task in mm. getting all of those homes to um, quickly reduce their emissions. And we're looking at different ways that we can support our customers to do that. You know, we know that there are benefits for our customers in, in energy bill savings, in, in making their homes more healthy and more comfortable by having energy efficiency upgrades and by getting off gas. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're piloting, you know, a small group of customers this year to just test out how we can support that well and really connecting in with, you know, you might have heard of Rewiring Australia and some of the big um, voices and, and movement going on in this space. It's really exciting that um, there's so much attention on, on the household level now. Mm. Mm, I think it goes to show, like, of course, people would go to Bank Australia because they have a certain value set and they know that, that that Bank Australia is aligned with them on that. But I think it's incredible the amount of influence that you can have over people, especially ones that aren't necessarily as far along in their like climate um, impact journey. So I think that's really cool. I'm 
Really interested to know how you go about like educating your customers in that way. Yeah. So I think um, the way that we, you know, it's it's right to say that a lot of people come to Bank Australia because they have existing values and, and concerns around action in these spaces. Um, you know, I think our position as a bank means that we have a lot of responsibility to be, you know, and under our responsible banking policy, um, really transparent with our customers about the sort of costs and benefits to them of, of taking part in something like home electrification. Um, in terms of sort of helping to inform our customers, we have a lot of communications around um, the sort of impacts and solutions on climate action. And I think given our role as a bank, like we're really focused on on the solutions and the things that people can do in their everyday lives, with their homes, with their, you know, choices around transport. And um, we, you know, are in a fortunate position where we're partnered with a lot of amazing organisations and, and being able to profile those and, and share with our customers. You know, what's coming to mind for me is we have commitments around climate justice in our climate strategies. So, We've chosen to focus our climate justice work on on two areas. One is supporting the Latrobe Valley region as the energy system decarbonizes, um, as well as seeking guidance and leadership from First Nations communities. So we have a partnership through our impact fund with Seed Mob, who you might be familiar with. They're Australia's first Indigenous youth-led climate network. So I think being able to, you know, um, support and and communicate to our customers about all of these, you know, incredible organizations that are driving change helps to show people that, you know, although the task is enormous and very overwhelming and, you know, the the doom feeling is real, there's so many people working in so many different spaces using so many different tactics to to change the world really. Um, And I think being able to do that as as a bank is um, pretty powerful and interesting because everyone needs banking services at the end of mm. the day. Yeah, of course. Do you find that there's a trade-off at all in terms of you guys trying to achieve all these sort of sustainability goals and then what you're able to offer customers in terms of like competitive home loans and things like that? Is that something that you guys have to grapple with internally or have you found that there's not as much of a trade-off as there sort of traditionally is thought to be? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think um, for us, it's not a trade-off because we're a customer-owned bank. Yeah. So, you know, our constitution and our sort of reason for being is to serve our customers and the, you know, and and to prioritize what's important to them. Um, whereas I think other businesses that you know don't have that foundation of, of really centering their members, like then discussions around trade-off become yeah. um, more centered. I guess going on from the influence that you can have on your customers, you kind of touched on this briefly, but how do you think Bank Australia is influencing the broader banking industry? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, one way that I've mentioned is is setting these really bold, ambitious targets and and showing that, you know, um, everyone needs to move faster and kind of setting that bar. You know, we are, we're a small bank, we're customer owned, as I keep saying, and uh, part of our strategy is to be thought leaders and kind of first movers because we're small and we can be. Um, so as well as setting those targets as a kind of public, you know, line in the sand about what needs to be happening, um, we're also able to move quite quickly. Like I mentioned 
piloting some of the home electric electrification work, um, we you know are able to come out with something like a, a no funding for new fossil fuel vehicles policy and just start to sort of signal where the broader industry needs to be going quickly. And we also, you know, make a real effort to share what we're learning and our insights with our peers. So there's forums like the Australian Sustainable Finance Institute. And I guess our view on on sort of openly sharing as much as we can what we're learning along the way with other banks is that we really want to see a race to the top where there's healthy competition and, and everyone's trying to be the best on climate action. We don't want to be the sort of outlier and the only one. Um, the other way that we're trying to push for more um, systemic changes is starting to engage a little bit more with government advocacy. So, um, in the last few months, we've done a couple of government submissions um, to the National Electric Vehicle Strategy and the National Energy Performance Strategy. And what we're trying to do there is really echo and, and back in some of the, you know, advocacy, um, big advocacy voices and pick bodies in those spaces and to show that banks have skin in the game and also have a huge capability to drive positive outcomes um, through those kind of national strategies. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) So if someone's listened to this discussion and they're like, this sounds so great, but honestly, I don't know if I can be bothered changing my banks. That feels like a lot of paperwork. What would you say to them? How easy is it to change your banks? What do you need to do? Yes, we all hate life admin um, <laughs> we all have too much life admin to do all the time so mm. I really empathize with that uh, reaction uh, ultimately it's actually really easy to switch to Bank Australia it only takes a couple of minutes you need two forms of ID you can do it all online you can get your um, digital card straight away you can just do it through our website it's bankost.com.au slash join And then we also have a really useful step-by-step guide and a cute video that can help you figure out all the payments that you need to switch over from your old bank and make sure you've got everything set up with your employer or whoever else might have your your bank details so that you can get that all done. Um, And really, yeah, if if people are interested in becoming Bank Australia members, I think it's a really good choice that you can make that actually makes a a more... um, you know, a sort of deeper difference and, and means that you're part of a, a collective movement of people who are making this choice. So it's worth a couple of minutes to sign up, <laughs> maybe half an hour to an hour of, you know, moving over all your payments. So <laughs> the admin's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I love you talking about it being a collective because sort of our, I guess, general philosophy on like what's really important in terms of climate action is whatever you do, you should do it, you know, in collaboration with other people and work with other people and whether that's joining organizations or doing things like this. Um, and I think that's sort of a really great way to look at it, that it's not just about you and it's not just about the em- emissions that might be saved by your money sitting in a different account, but it's the like collective power of, you know, all of your customers and the whole sort of bank together. And, you know, not just yeah. you guys, of course, as well, all sort of other banks that are hopefully more and more of them. Um, although we do, as we know, have a pretty pretty interesting banking environment here in Australia with not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of banking options um, for the most part. Mm. So we like to finish all of our episodes with an action item. Uh, so it's something hot that our listeners can do so that they, one, can get hotter and two, can help the world get cooler. I'm going to throw it over to you. I feel like I can guess what you're <laughs> going to recommend our listeners do, but over to you. What is something hot that they can do this week for the climate? 
Well, I think my obvious answer is <laughs> it's going to be hot to become a Bank Australia member. Uh, of course. But perhaps just to add to that, you know, if you want to do a little bit more research, have a look at market forces and just spend a little bit of time educating yourself about where all the banks are at on these issues. I think that's a great, great place to start. Yeah. Market forces is great. We'll pop the link in all the places, all the link places. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Georgia. Thank you so much for having me. 